Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Sidney Mendelssohn was born in 1860 and was the son of a rabbi from Bristol. He made his fortune as a diamond buyer and trader in Kimberley. In 1910, he compiled a catalogue of books on South Africa, and he's one of many South African Jews who have made significant contribution in the field of Africa collecting, Africana collecting and preservation. To tell me more about him and other interesting characters, I'm joined by S.J. de Klerk. S.J., welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Cerise, and uh, looking forward to chatting to you. S.J., tell me about the world of Africana. Well, it's, a, it's an interesting term because it can be anything, uh, depending on what you look at. Some people say it's south of the Limpopo. Others say no, south of the Zambezi. Some people say south of the Sahara. I think it's now getting to a point where it's virtually the whole of Africa. You know, when we were sort of isolated, people tend to look at the Zambezi. But now it's really anything in, in Africa. And it could be, you know, the book collections in Mali and Timbuktu. It could be our own book collections. It could be share certificates. It could be old Afrikaner or old maps of Africa. There's some wonderful stuff, you know, old houses, architecture, uh, anything really that's of historic interest in South Africa. What is the cutoff date for something to be Afrikaner? Um, well, the, the latest series of books on Afrikaner books is 1925. So 1925 so, so, is so, the but, cutoff. Anything but, after that is modern. Uh, well, I think it's changing. You know, as as uh, as the as the years go by, the, the limit goes higher as well. You know, so nowadays even I think 40s hmm. books on the Second World War. Um, I think it's just moving along. I mean, even struggle literature, um, uh, documents, posters. That it's all becoming Afrikaner now. Very, very and very collectible too. There is so much confusion around the word Africana, and I know that when I go into a bookshop and say I'm looking for Africana, there's a disconnect. What is the origin of the word? Do you know? Not really, but I mean, I've experienced it too. When I say to people I collect Africana, they say, oh, Afrikaans books. I say, no, 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 not Afrikaans books. It's really antiquarian books, yeah. antiquarian items. Do you think we should change the name? Um, no, not really, because in America they talk, called, they talk about Americana. That's what uh. they call it in America. And uh, in the old Rhodesia, it used to be Rhodesiana. I suppose now in Namibia it would be Namibiana. You know, so it's really just a play on the name the of the country where the it or, uh, originates yeah. from. Okay, you know? that makes sense. We Unfortunately, can you believe it, have to take a break. But having set the scene, after the break, we can look at some of the early characters that helped create our Africana collection. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to S.J. de Klerk on the topic of Africana. Um, can you tell us about some of the interesting characters that have made a part of the studies? Look, unfortunately, a lot of them are before my time, as you can imagine, old as I am. Um, the very earliest was a guy called von Dessen, who really did the first library in South Africa. A uh, bit of a strange character, made, built, built up a nice collection, I think about 4,500 books, then donated to the, the Dutch Reformed Church to form the nucleus of a public library, was stored somewhere for, for many decades, and eventually it, it became part of the public library. I think the first Jewish person was Swaso de Lima, uh, the story goes that he was a very keen collector. He published some of the Cape uh, Almanacs, uh, early books on advertisements and what's happening in Cape Town and so on. They're really, really collectible items today as well. And he as well also built up a nice one. He had, his, he had the first bookshop in, in South Africa. I think one of the problems 
that we started quite late in South Africa is because the printing wasn't allowed. You know, the, uh, the, the Dutch East Indian Company didn't want anything as dangerous as printing to be allowed in the, in the colonies. And, I had no idea. And, and that really delayed the, the publication of, 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 of books. If you go, if you look at America, the earliest book, I think, for instance, or one of the earliest books is on the, on the Indian languages going back to 1666. Wow. So there they were able to print much earlier than, than we were able to do here. You know, it's only with John Fairburn and the fight in Pringle for the fight for, uh, for a free press, you know, so it's a much later stage. So when did our, uh, our press start? Uh, it's, I think it's a, sort of in the early 1800s, 1820, around the, you know, it's uh-huh. really with the, the, um, the, the settlers that came out, the British settlers, I think they really were used to the idea of having a free, free, press. free press. You know, before that, people weren't really used to the locals, so it really started in those days. And the kinds of early books that were written, what kinds of books did we see? Well, you had a combination. You know, one of the, I think the well, look. Some people say the the, the doyen of or the, the the best Afrikaner book is is a very early one about a, a British soldier who came here to recuperate from illness in India. Uh, Cornwallis Harris was his name, and he wrote about the wild sports of Southern Africa. And that's probably the mm. not the earliest book, but it's m- maybe one of the most collectible books. He drew pictures of the the animals and so on. In those days, it's funny how it worked. If you got sick in India, if you went back to India uh, to England, you weren't paid. You lost all your pay and emoluments. If you came as far west as Cape, the Cape Town, you could you could remain on full pay. And sick leave wasn't 30 days and three-year cycles. He took two years, I think, <laughs> to travel through Africa to recover, southern Africa to recover. So know? it was quite a, a good thing to get sick in India. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it gave you much opportunity <laughs> to explore Africa. It did, it did. And he was one of the earliest explorers. He went right up to essentially here, the Yekske River, they say might have been named after Yekske this found that they think happened to one of his wagons that broke and remained there, and that's where the name Yekske River comes from. Absolutely. So he came to around about as far as, 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 um, as Johannesburg up. And um, some of the other interesting characters. Well, uh, you know, uh, look, uh, uh, obviously a very famous collector, Sidney Mendelssohn. Um, he went to a. He was a. He was. He came, you know, as you said, from the from from England. Came came in the diamond diggings. I don't think he studied. Um, I just think he was interested. He was interested in reading, and he became very very wealthy, you know, because of the diggings. A number of director of a number of companies. Um, uh, the name Sydney Sydney on Ball is named after him, although the spelling isn't the same. And he started collecting books just out of pure interest. And then one day went to a talk by a, 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 a judge of the Supreme Court who said, hadn't the, talk, hadn't the time arrived for somebody to start doing a bibliography of, of books on, on, on Africa, on Southern Africa? And he thought, hell, that's a fantastic idea. Why don't I do that? He already had a great collection. And then he just used all his money and he focused on that. He went back to England, started buying books from all over the world. And for a long time, I mean for many years, if if a book said um, Mendelssohn so-and-so, you know, in other words, Mendelssohn would refer to the book. And what was nice about his book, he gave a nice description of the book. So it just doesn't give the date of when it was printed and so on. He actually tells you what the book says and so on. So a lot of people use Mendelssohn all the time to say, yeah. oh, that's a nice book. I need to get that. And then build up a fantastic collection and then publish his two books and he did it in 1910. The two books were published in 1910. And it was the day of, of union, unification of the four provinces, the four, you know, four countries, I suppose, provinces. And then he donated his, uh, his whole book collection to the parliament, to the South African parliament library. So, uh, you know, those were the days when people did really great and good deeds. <laughs> we need a bit more luck. But more of that, I think. But more Mendelssohn. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, obviously, um, where would you get Afrikaner books? Where in South Africa could you look for them? Well, you know, we, we, I think South Africa has been fortunate. We've had a lot of dealers who were keen on dealing with, who had an interest in it, a personal interest, you know. 
um, in my lifetime, I would say uh, uh, Robin Freedy from um, from uh, from Thorold's book books. He was probably the adorian of Afrikaner book dealers. You know, uh, he started in the in the late fifties to dabble with it, then took over Thorold's with a lady called Rosemary Block, who eventually emigrated to Australia, took over the bookshop, and he was widely used. You know, I think the Oppenheimer, the the, the famous Prentice Library, used him to help when they published books for research to look on things. Uh, so he was he was really the doyen. Uh, unfortunately, he died about seven or eight years ago, and that was a real big blow to Africana collections. Uh, fantastic shop. I used to like it as a young man. I used to go and buy books, and then just the floor below was the uh, uh, it was opposite the. Um, um, the, the town, the, the city centre, you know, the, town, the city hall, and there was a nice restaurant and a bar there, so you could you could have a drink and then read your book that you've bought. You know, so I used to really like going there. That's a real outing. <laughs> I mean, just going into a second-hand bookshop for me is like, uh, and uh, I can lose myself. It's a fantasy world in and of itself. I can imagine with a, a restaurant. Well, I always joke and say I think I'm a collector. My wife says I'm a hoarder, <laughs> and I think most collectors. And uh, Jeff Claus from Collectors Treasury always says, "Space, the final frontier," and that's where do you park your books, you know, it becomes, becomes a problem. Look, today we've got, uh, you know, the shop in Norwood. Um, yes, Chapter 1 Chapter books. Chapter 1 yeah. books, that's nice. We've got Jeff Klaas in, uh, in Mabuneng, who's got a fantastic collection. If I ever need a book, I always go there with the, with the thinking there's a really good chance I'll find it. Uh, he's, they say they've got about three million books in stock there. So it's, that's a, unbelievable. Uh, so it's eight stories of, of, of Can they find the book you need, though? He's got a, he's got a fairly, I mean, they don't really have a formal system, but he really has a good knowledge of his books. Three, you know, how he, many books did you say? Three million. Three million. I mean, <laughs> that would be quite a memory to. Well, it's about, I think it's about five or six or seven stories of books. And uh, as I said to him last time when I said, Jeff, if I pick up another kilogram and wait, I can't come anymore because the books are stacked so closely together that it's really difficult to find, but fantastic collection. I mean, you can really find rare books. Ordinary books, you know, really, it's, it's worth. It's, I mean, the tours, tours come through there just to look at the books, not to buy, but just you see tour groups coming through all the time to look at the books, and then yeah, Cape Town's got uh, got some some wonderful books. Um, uh, there's uh, collect, uh, collectible books and a couple of others, you know. So um, so there's some nice stuff. There's Dor- Deron Lockwitz who's got a couple of bookshops in Joburg as well. He's got some really nice books that he sells. So we've been lucky, you know. We've got we've got a lot of Afrikaner books. People. Not always specialise in it, but they do remainders, they do second-hand books, and then they do Afrikaner books or antiquarian books as well. Uh, do, do you take your books back ever? Uh, no, look, it's like a family member. You know, it's, it's once I've, I once I buy it, I, I keep it. You know, occasionally I might get if I've got. You know, I'm at a point where I'm starting to buy book by mistake that I already have. Uh, you know, and then I don't take it back, but then I donate it, say, to um, uh, Joburg Heritage because yeah, yeah. they've got book sales, and, you know, and that's a nice way to donate books for them to make money on it. You know, that, that is true. I mean, there are a lot of places, I mean, schools, for example, mm, that don't mm. have access to books, mm, and um, mm. that's what I've decided to do with mine. I've come to the decision that if I buy a new book, I have got to get rid of an, an, an old book because otherwise it can yeah, get out yeah, of hand. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, yeah, so I've chosen a school in Guiani. Oh, well, that's very nice because, I mean, because a lot of people say to me when I, when I mention that, they say, look, schools aren't in libraries anymore. They want media centers. You know, it's no, no longer all about books. It's about have, have a media center, you know, but it's nice that the people are still reading. So I was told by my friend who actually is not even in Guiani. It's a smaller place outside of Guiani called Malale, Malale similar and she said that they are so starved for anything to read that any book that I have they would great mm-hmm. gratefully um, kind of 
I know, I know. I, we used to do some work in Delmas area, and, and you know, in the township there, and, and the schools we were into, none of them had, uh, none of them had libraries, you know. So I think you're right. I think there is a really need for for people to to have access to books. Um, I can't believe we've run out of time. Um, in the last remaining minutes, um, do you, what happens to these collections? Are they well resourced and used and? Look, some do. I mean, like, uh, as I said, the Brentus Library is a fantastic library. If you want to look at something in Afrikaner and you want to find a rare book to, to, they, 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 you know, you have to apply to go there. They help you. Fitz has got fantastic books, the Gubbins collection. Um, I think that, you know, the, the nice part in a way, if you, if you move on and your family isn't interested, then, you know, new collectors buy your books again, mm. you know, so that's an opportunity. So I think collectors will always remain committed. To buying books. So I think we're going to be chatting again soon. That's my feeling <laughs> on, on topics to do with South African history. Um, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you very and much. And for um, sharing your story. Thank you.